Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Dental Download Podcast. Happy Monday. If you can even tell by the tone of my voice, I'm in a much better space than I was last week, which is great. Obviously, days, months, there's highs and lows, and you just kind of ride the waves as you go through. But this week has been really great, and I'm in the middle of midterms right now, so I just took a break from studying to record this intro for you all. This week's episode is with Dr. Stephen Liu. He's a recent graduate of the University of Michigan School of Dentistry, and he's moved back home to California to work at an FQHC. If you're not familiar with FQHC's community health clinics, we're going to talk a lot about that in the episode. We also talk about his experience at Michigan, his experience as an out-of-state student, what it was like taking boards for California when he went to dental school in Michigan. We talk about interviews, the job selection process once you graduate dental school. How do you get a job? Um, How did he decide to go right into practicing versus an AEGD or a GPR? And then he also has a really awesome website called dentistrywithsteven.com where he does services for pre-dental students like um, reading and critiquing your personal statement. And he also does mock interviews. He was on the interviewing committee at Michigan for their interviews. So he's pretty qualified and he does give a few tips during this episode as well. So I hope you're looking forward to hearing from him, but we are going to finish my quick little intro and then we'll get right into talking with Steven. As I said, I'm in the middle of midterms right now, and this weekend is also my birthday. I'm turning 22. I like that age. I'm excited about it. I'm fired up for a new year of my life. But um, first midterm went well. It was anatomy lab practical, so looking at cadaver images, identifying, and then also knowing if it was pointing at a muscle, what innervates that muscle, or what's the action of that muscle, that kind of stuff. So that went pretty well. I got a B on it, so I'm satisfied with that. I'm obviously shooting to do well in my classes, but as long as you're passing, you can keep moving forward in dental school, so I'm happy with that. And we have the written like lecture-based part for Anatomy Monday morning, and then we have a midterm for our biomaterials class, which is pretty physics-based. I know you're all cringing. I thought We all thought we got rid of physics after we took it in undergrad, but there's some physics and some calculus in it, so interesting. But um, yeah, we'll see how that one goes. I'm going to study for that class with some friends because I think I need to like talk through it to understand it. Whereas head and neck anatomy, I've been just doing on my own. So yeah, just in the middle of studying and next week episode is going to be all about how my midterms went, how I studied, what I can do better next time, kind of just reflecting on the experience of midterms. You can look forward to that episode. And the motivation I wanted to give you this week, I thought about it on my walk this morning. It's a quote from my high school microbiology teacher. So he printed out for all of us when we graduate and finish his class. It's a little quote, I guess, that he likes to live by. And it says, if anything costs you your faith or your family, the price is too high. Now, obviously, if you're not religious by any means, you can exchange the word faith for like values or morals or that kind of stuff. But I just thought that was a really nice tone going into this week that also like with me having a better week this past week, I've just really been better at balancing and acceptance with the current situation and accepting that my study habits, how long I need to spend working on school versus doing things I like and taking breaks, it's going to be different than everyone else. And also with our summer term being so light, 
I can spend time with my family. I can just chill out and do the things I like to do. And I need to make sure that I'm always prioritizing family and prioritizing the things I love and the things I value. And then for me personally, my faith and all. So I just thought that was a really nice quote going into the week. If anything costs you your faith or your family, the price is too high. So on that little positive note, we're going to get into the interview with Steven. I know you're all going to love it. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right. Hi, everyone. So today we're here with another guest. I'm going to let him introduce himself a little bit. Hey, guys. I am Steven. Um, I was about to say I'm a D4, but I'm not. <laughs> I just graduated. And right now I'm back in my hometown, um, Castro Valley, California, and taking some time off before I start practicing in Fresno um, at a federally qualified health center. So I guess we're going to talk about that in a, in a little bit. But um, yeah, I just got my license yesterday. Well, approved for it. And then I'll get my paper license in a couple of weeks. But I'm excited. And uh, thank you for having me on, Haley. Awesome. So um, let's talk a little bit about you moving to California from going to school in Michigan. So what brought you there? Um, so it was a difficult decision. Um, I actually want to go to... Uh, University of the Pacific, the three-year program in San Francisco. And that was my dream school. Um, people call it the Disneyland of dental schools. And I've always wanted to go there ever since I set foot on campus. Um, and then it was not until I talked to one of my um, dentist friends who founded our pre-dental society. He went to University of Michigan and graduated from there. And and a lot of good things to say about it. And I found out about that school when I was applying. And I found it was a really good school. And I knew it would be a hard choice if I got in. And it was a hard choice. Um, but it was also most logical. It was cheaper than University of Pacific. It was a four-year program. And I think I wanted the extra year to have more time in under dental school as well. Uh, three-year program, I know they squish it in. And people actually call University of Michigan the four-year UOP because we don't have summers. And we're always in clinic. So I, that's good to have that extra um, time. The clinical skills at University of Michigan are good. And then the name um, goes beyond dentistry because we are on a campus with other uh, health professional schools and graduate schools. So it was a no-brainer after learning all that. Did you say what undergrad you went to? I might have missed it if you did. I know I did. I went to University of California, Santa Cruz. Okay. So it's a nice um, undergrad that was like by the beach. Yeah. So are you from California originally? I am. I okay. am. Yeah. So you kind of moved back to your roots a little bit more. Okay. Yep. Yep. Nice. So how was the process of getting um, like license and doing boards for a different state? Like, does it, is it tricky or do the dental schools kind of set you up with what you need to it do? Is a, it is a little tricky. Okay. Um, the year that I did it, I, 
it was like kind of the last year uh, that you guys probably will not have to do that if you do if you guys have classmates that want to go to California. So it's split off by uh, Reb, uh, CDSA, and CRDT. I think um, there's I think there's another one. CDSA is also called ADEX, which our school offers. Um, for me to go to California, I had to go to Ohio to go to Case Western to take the Reb there. Um, our school only offers CDCA. So it was a two hour drive and then you have to find your own patients. Some people pay $6,000 to pay the service to get patients for you. And you don't even meet your patient or see the x-rays before, uh, until the day before. So <laughs> That's my classmates are, yeah, exactly. My classmates are always nervous about that. Um, I was lucky to have my housemates and my friends be my patients. So I was very okay. lucky. And they were very ideal lesions, ideal perio. It went smooth. Um, I do hear that Rev is more chill than CDCA. So I think that's still a consideration for uh, you and your future classmates if you guys want to go to the West Coast. The CDCA is very strict. I've seen the Terria, and it's it's super, super strict. Um, there's way more leeway with Rev, and it's just more uh, normal dentistry, you know, mm-hmm. instead of like the very minute details because you won't be doing the minute very, very minute details in um, clinical practice. Now, CDCA takes California as of uh, November 2019. Okay. Um, so people that want to go to California can just take it at Michigan now. So nice. it's easier because we have the school, we're used to the school, and we have patients. Yeah, it's, there's going to be less people taking red now because of that. So I don't really know anything about boards, to be honest. Like, yeah. Is it like a certain procedures that you have to do and you have to find an ideal patient that needs those procedures or how does that work? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, that's the argument with the, um, the unethical part of it. Because, yeah. So there's the enamel of the tooth and then there's the dentin. We look at an ideal lesion for a cavity. The cavity reaches just at that junction between the dental dentin and the enamel. I think the CDCA, you don't even have to touch the dentin. So it's like halfway. And that becomes more unethical because you can really actually reverse that with fluoride, you know, okay. instead of just saving it. So there's that. And then, okay. So it's maybe a patient that didn't necessarily need like a restoration then. You're just doing it for the sake right. of like meeting the right. criteria. Okay. Right. And there's a Facebook group that's circulating ever since the coronavirus. Uh, because there's a lot of dental students that need to be licensed and they can't take their boards. So everyone's been pushing for mannequin-based licensing and it's gone through for some state. So wow. yeah, now we're looking at the uh, tail end of uh, uh, patient-based licensing exams. So it's going to be good. Interesting. So did you feel pretty prepared for your boards? Did you have to do like anything extra for at least because you took it in two parts right like you had the clinical boards mm-hmm. at the end okay did you feel pretty prepared mm-hmm. for them oh yeah like um we we do these fillings uh mm-hmm. every day plus more complex fillings um it's just a matter of fact a matter of um being calm this is mm-hmm. just another day in clinic and that's honestly what it felt like to me especially at uh, case western because they had a brand new clinic um, the, cl- the cubicles were really spaced out. Um, I think our clinic is a little more hectic because mm-hmm. I've been a runner and, 
assistant for CDCA and Reb to get um, an idea of how both of them are. And our, our school is pretty hectic because the way our cubicles are set up, you know, mm-hmm. and so, when you go in a clinic, go ahead. And I was just going to ask, so is there like a day that University of Michigan hosts the boards, like a couple days, and then like the clinic is just like everyone's freaking out. It's like a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. uh, March 12th and March 13th. So it's okay. a two-day thing. Yeah. yeah, I literally know nothing about this yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's confusing, but you can worry about it in your fourth year. Yeah, especially it's, uh, since it's a while from now. We have the integrated <laughs> board, so I'll have a while right. so yeah, yeah. to think about yeah. it. So, when are you starting at your job then? Because you just got your license. Yeah, so it was. I was supposed to start July third, but I wasn't sure if I was going to get my license in time. I still don't have my paper license, so I can't practice. And I don't have my DEA, which is my drug um, license, so I can't prescribe any drugs. So I can't even start anyway. So August is a perfect time, August 3rd. And um, I might actually go IKEA shopping today for my new, <laughs> my first real apartment. So I'm excited for that. That's um, awesome. Yeah. And uh, so I'm just chilling now until, um, until I start practicing. Nice. So what made you choose the FQHC as like your route after graduating? Because I don't know if everyone listening even knows what that is. Right, exactly. And some dentists I talked to on Instagram, they're like, what's an FQHC? (laughs) I'm surprised. I'm really surprised because I guess not all dental schools have like external rotations um, at these FQHCs. So at Michigan, it's great because we start in our third year to go to these community dental center sites. And that's actually how I got interested in dentistry and really reaffirmed my uh, decision for dentistry was volunteering at these type of clinics um, when I was an undergrad. But um, so an FQC is a federally qualified health center. So it meets a certain criteria for having a lack of dental care or healthcare in a certain area and a certain scoring number. The higher the number, um, the more need there is for care. And that also qualifies for a loan repayment program. When your score is higher, you have a higher chance of getting loan repayment. So a lot of uh, people should apply for the NHSC health scholarship. Um, it gives a full ride and then you work at these sites for a couple of years. So if you don't get that, and this is what I'm doing, I'm applying for your uh, federal or state loan repayment program where you get 50K non-tax for over a two-year period. So that's great. Um, I was thinking of working in corporate after dental school or private practice, but uh, private practices usually don't take um, new grads unless they had years one one to three years experience. And in my experience here in California, they went three years. Corporate practices like vary in um, the way they run in terms of how much they pay you and then what kind of dentistry you should be doing. Because I heard some people, heard from some people that um, some corporate practices, they make you like do dentistry that you don't agree with and it's usually a non-dentist telling you these things so it can be frustrating having that lack of power i guess but um some people still make it work because you just need to stand your ground and say you know this is why um i don't definitely don't believe we should be doing that 
and just don't get pushed around, you know. Um, I think a lot of people try to take advantage of new grads too. So it's something to be uh, watching out for. And then I was talking to some um, FQHC dentists. Um, this guy actually went to a private practice um, that he wanted to go to after he graduated. And that was his goal. And he worked on his first day and he hated it. So, so many patients and it was super stressful. And he quit. And then he just did um, FQHC dentistry um, and he loves it. Now he's a director just like two years in, I think. So I'm not sure if I want to stay in uh, community health dentistry, um, but I will always be involved in it. Um, I do want to own my own practice in the future. Awesome. So you kind of touched on some of the options when you graduate from dental school. And obviously you could apply for a specialty program. What is your opinion on like general dentistry residencies and how could a re- like a, someone that's in their fourth year determine if that's like the right path for them or not? Residencies in general dentistry? Yeah, like or, AEGD okay. or GPRs. Yeah. Okay. If you go on Facebook and you ask the dentist there, there's a lot of dentists that actually uh, have done general uh, dentistry residencies and they highly, highly advocate for that. I was thinking about doing a residency, but... I also wanted to start working. Um, it's kind of unlike me not to do a residency because I really value education, mentorship, and learning new skills, which are the advantages of um, GPRs and AGDs. Uh, GPRs are more hospital-based. AGDs are more clinic-based and probably learn more sedation and um, medically compromised patients than you do GPR. So if you really want to do those kind of cases and you really gravitate towards understanding the entire um, health history. Well, every dentist should, but if this is something that you're really passionate about, plus you want that mentorship, you want to do really complex cases right right away, um, then that should be something you should really be thinking about. I still want really want to do that and I really value that, but I wanted to work and I wanted to learn that while I work. So that's why I ended up not doing that. Yeah. And I'm sure you'll see a lot of interesting cases being in an FQHC versus like a private practice in a really like affluent area. So you're going to get a lot of good practice too in that way. Right. And some uh, AGDs are FQHCs. Oh, okay. So that's this cool. way, you know, I can get paid more. Still have that experience. Nice. Um, so you already kind of touched on why you chose University of Michigan for dental school. Did you, would you say you're happy with your experience? I think so. Cause you talk about the school well. So. Oh yeah. You know, I'm wearing Michigan right now. <laughs> I, people tell me I'm like a walking uh, brochure of the university <laughs> of Michigan. And when they see my Instagram page, but um, yeah, I've been, I'm really happy with my choice, but also me as a person, I would just make the best of anywhere I would go. Um, but what I really liked about university of Michigan is that they start you early in the clinic where you um, start assisting your first year. So you kind of get the feel of what clinics are like. In the second year, you have your own patients. Um, you'll start off doing cleanings, small fillings. You start learning a lot right away. And then the way our clinic is run is it's kind of like they throw you in there. They don't really tell you like anything, really. So that makes you just know how to stand on your two feet and think for yourself. And that's given me a lot of... Uh, confidence you know and then once I go to uh, rotation and then third years I just feel I feel confident you know I'm jumping from cubicle to cubicle and I just know what to do you know dentistry is still like 
always up in the air. Um, there's always new cases, which is great. But um, for the most part, you, know, you have a real good general understanding of how to start. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of going back to making the decision about which school to attend, a lot of people, especially dentists, give the advice of 100%, the only thing to consider is the cheapest school. Would you say, mm-hmm. how true is that when making your decision? I still believe that 100%. Yeah. Because um, you're going to be a dentist real, either way, right? right. <laughs> you're going to be a dentist either way. And the feeling I have right now, I mean, I really, really love University of Michigan, but the feeling I have right now when I have that diploma and that degree is the freedom to do what I want and whatever I want to do and when I want. Um, and that is the true, like, I don't know, the DDS degree, you can do so much with it. And everyone gets the same degree. It's just a different cost, you know? You want to be able to have, like, financial freedom in the future. And, yeah, it's really great when uh, you have no tuition um, that you have to pay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I completely agree with that. Awesome. So if you could go back to dental school, is there anything you would do differently or anything you wish you also did or anything like that? Um, I pro- would have probably joined uh, more clubs. I was pretty involved um, in Alpha Omega and um, – pre-dental anytime there was a pre-dental thing but i would try to find i guess more um, clubs that really clicked with what i want to do in the future um, i know like when we get tired after d1 d2 year d2 year the only thing i want to do is go home and just relax because i still needed to study but um going the extra step to do a little bit more would definitely help um have a like a better community while being at school. Would you say, because I know like when you're applying to dental school, it's great to be involved in extracurriculars because like they like to see you're well-rounded and all that. Is being involved in like clubs and dental school, does that help you at all with like finding employment or is it more maybe you could network and then just like building a community, like volunteering, like for the Mm -hmm. good of yourself, you know? Right. That's a really good question because um, the mindset we're taught in undergrad is to be well-rounded and everything and have like specific extracurriculars. I think that applies to residency. I'm not too sure because I don't, you know, I didn't apply. But um, for employment, they don't really care about that. They just mm-hmm. care about um, their specific skill set in dentistry and what you can bring to them. That's what they ask about. You can really solidify how you fit into their mission, but at the end of the day, it's how much you can do for them. So, yeah, definitely when you graduate, you can. I had I had a list of you know oh yeah the, every every clinic in uh, University of Michigan that will give you a spreadsheet of all the types of procedures you've done and how many um, of them you've done and then when I started going into rotations I would start timing myself how fast I could do it how fast and how well I could do it and that's when you want to pitch to employers so kind of building on that it just makes me curious how does the interview process work for like getting a job as a dentist do you have to like go to the practice and do like a working day like what is how does that work right yeah that's completely new for us because um we're like a school setting yeah i watched joyce the dentist video about um how dental interviews were sometimes people will do um working interviews but more so if you have a, if you if you have your license already. Yeah. Um, but the way my interviews worked were uh, at corporate offices, you meet the the hiring manager first, and then you meet the dentist, and then you go shadow. So you they'll take you around, show you um, what they're doing around the day, uh, what the flow is like, 
um, I got asked a couple of questions on like a panoramic. What do you think this is? And that's a good way to show like what you know. And I saw mucus retention pseudocyst on one of the panoramics. And um, I think I was impressed by like the knowledge that I knew. But, you know, University of Michigan gives you great foundation uh, didactic knowledge, um, especially with the access to the different specialties in our clinics. Um, we can always get like a second second opinion. Yeah, that's basically how my interviews went. Um, straightforward, really. Um, Joyce, the dentist, was saying that she brought her like rotary rotary machines for endo to, okay. to show that she can do endo and then they wouldn't have to buy a new set for a do endo that she could just bring her own. I think that's a good um, selling point too. Mm-hmm. So still talking about interviews because I know you were involved in like the student part of interviewing at University of Michigan. I don't know how much you're allowed yeah. to talk about, but do you have any advice for pre-dental students listening to this with interviews coming up in a couple months? Oh yeah. It's going to be definitely crazy time. Um, I think it's going to change because of the, the coronavirus. Told online. them that it's going to be virtual. Yeah. <laughs> and less people still, even though it's virtual, less than like the usual, like 30 or whatever students. I see. Um, I, I wonder if they're going to do MMI. I don't think they would. With, I don't uh, know. Yeah, I don't know. It might be more traditional type of interviewing. But um, tips for interviewing is uh, be yourself is the most like basic but really true advice. Mm-hmm. Um, what I tell people is to treat it like um, a coffee date a conversation. If you can view the dentist, faculty, or whoever is interviewing as someone in your same level, Instead of, instead of putting them on a pedestal that you're trying to win them over, it, it becomes way more like easygoing. The way I try to interview and how they train us is to make them feel relaxed. Because when someone feels relaxed, the interviewee can really be themselves. And then w- during the interview, some good tips are um, have bullet points before uh, your interview about topics that you want to discuss about. You don't want to write down everything you want to talk about, but just have bullet points so you can just have them in the in your head to really talk about. And then you want to think about what they, what you want them to know when you walk out. You know, they'll never know anything that you don't tell them. So you're you're the one that sells yourself. Cool. So um, this is a little segue, perfect for you to talk about like your website and like everything you're offering. Do you want to like, yeah. like explain all of that for everyone? Yeah. So I started this new website, um, dentistrywithsteven.com. And I started it to start creating a brand um, that extends beyond my Instagram. I got this idea from Dr. Ivan Chacon, who's a prosthodontist that practices in California. He goes by Implant Ninja. And he was telling us during the pandemic while we're staying at home, this is um, a perfect time to start a website. And I looked into that and started doing that. I was going to do one, but that just really like spearheaded me to do that because I got more um, people asking me to do um, personal statement reviews. And I've always done them um, before, but I want to create this website to reach more people. I think that's about it. Uh, have to say about the website unless you have okay, cool. more specific questions no I think that's good yeah I okay. just wanted them to know that's a resource they can go to and I'll put the website in the <clears> description <throat> of this podcast for them to click and go to it but so kind awesome. of pivoting again back to like your work as a dentist I know you just graduated but you've still been working on patients for a few years at the dental school so what's your favorite thing about being a dentist oh that's easy when I hand on the mirror 
and see how happy they they get, and you instantly just see them like change, like they have a new like light in their eyes, and being a part of that is such a privilege to be able to do as a healthcare professional. Um, there's some sad days too when you're in the hospital on your hospital rotation. Hospital dentistry is different than um, everyday dentistry because you're dealing with compromised uh, patients that could be going undergoing cancer treatments. And sometimes you have to deliver bad news that like cancer spreading, your oral cancer spreading, and it's getting worse and worse. But at the same side, you can really see the change in life that happens when you create this like operator that plugs up that hole and also gives them a new smile at the same time. I've seen relationships in the hospital and at the dental school that really are just so strong um, from dentistry. As a dentist, we have more like continuing interactions with our patients than most other healthcare professionals. They become our family. And I think that's one of the best parts of dentistry. And I have some patients that are, I still connect with the day and they send me like food all the time. And I'm like, <laughs> like all the way to California, you know? <laughs> so yeah, I love my patients and I really feel like they're an extension of my family. That's awesome. So still talking about dentistry a little bit, how does dentistry kind of fit into the vision you have for like your whole life? And like, how do you plan to kind of maintain a work-life balance and just like accomplish all of your life goals while being a dentist? That's a really, really good question. Um, actually, to go off what Dr. Shivani said about having balance in your life um, to be more than just a dentist. So I think what I realized through dental school, dentistry, and just reflecting on it, that I put a lot of emphasis on me as a dental student or, or a future dentist. And, you know, I'm even doing extra work to provide services for pre-dental. And that's like my mission, you know, dentistry is my mission, but I also feel like I am not doing that good of a job of balancing my life and having um, other things to do outside of dentistry. Um, I think I want to be more involved in my community outside of dentistry by volunteering in other aspects and to do more hobbies, um, like exercising and having that mindfulness and to read stuff that's outside of dentistry, you know, um, cause we are people that just happen to be dentists. This is our job. We don't have to make it like the only thing in our lives. So, um, I like that episode with you and Dr. Shivani and that reminded me of that. So we're kind of wrapping up here, but do you have any okay. final advice that you want to give to people listening to this podcast? It's, pre-dentals, incoming dental students, some actual dental students? Um, enjoy it. Um, you're going to meet a lot of awesome friends. And what's great about dental school is that you're going to be with other people that have worked their butt off to be where they are. So they're going to love dentistry just as much as you. And everyone's in the same boat, going through the same classes, same hard exams, same schedule. So you can get really close with these people and it's going to be a fun time, a rewarding time. And 
enjoy it. Okay, great. So um, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you if they have any more questions like your Instagram or? Yeah, they can get in touch with me on uh, my Instagram at dentistry with Steven. And I have my website there and you can just DM me as well. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Haley. I appreciate it. All right. So that is the end of our episode with Steven. I did just want to wrap a few things up and remind you to check out his Instagram at dentistry with Steven and his website, dentistrywithsteven.com. And I'm going to have that all linked in the description of this episode. If you don't know how to get to episode descriptions, because I mentioned that a lot, I did a screen recording on the Dental Download Podcast Instagram of how to get to it on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify to hopefully help you all out there. But anyways, I will talk to you next week. I can't wait to recap how midterms is going, how the first half of my summer term went. Hopefully I'll have good news, but even if I don't, it's all a good learning experience and adjusting to dental school. So thank you all so much for listening. As always, I appreciate your support so, so much, and I hope you have an amazing week.